1: Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. My name is Dr. Heidi Forbesista, and today I am so excited to introduce to you a fellow visual person. This is Summer Felix Mulder, and she is the CEO and founder of The Draw Shop. Welcome, Summer. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about how you came into the visualization space, and I know you do so much more than that, so we'll go into that too. But because having been a former visual practitioner myself, I just love this space. What brought you into the visualization space? So a
2: little bit of background: <laughs> I love marketing, first of all. I'm, so I've everything that I've done has, even in college, has always been around storytelling and marketing is storytelling. So I was at a place where I had recently got divorced, and I was a ghostwriter. I was writing books for for authors. And I was a copywriter and I was doing all kinds of things having to do with storytelling and then writing sales letters and scripts for infomercials. And at the time, one of the clients that I was working with had shown me a video with a hand drawing, a whiteboard animation video. And it was one of probably the only video like on the internet at that time. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. But what really intrigued me about it was that I watched the video and I could understand this complex topic that I was seeing right away. And then I fell in love with this whole, you know, showing pictures while you're hearing words at the exact moment that you're hearing them. And then I started diving into this and I was like, oh my gosh, there's all this science behind it. And I just realized how important it is for us to. See something as we're hearing it in order to really understand it. Cause so many times we are listening to something and then our brain is forced to come up with its own picture of what that is, which may or may not be accurate.
1: It's so true. I mean, I know my first experience with visual storytelling and sort of the whiteboarding. And this wasn't even video, but it was at a conference where someone was doing graphic facilitation and, and was really capturing you know, what the speakers were saying. And I thought, oh my God, I've got to learn how to do that. It was just a, uh, there's something really magical for those of us that think visually, we're all of a sudden like, oh, why haven't we been doing this all along? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah.
2: I just, I just love it. And then when we put it to work, when I actually said, let's try this, I have a couple of clients who've been wanting to do video and it just kind of, it blew up for them. It was just like, well, we had this other video where we were just talking and now we have this video where there's actually something being drawn to really show exactly what we're talking about so there's no room for confusion
1: i think that that is so key and i think one of the things that's really fascinating and i think is so important is the the storytelling behind it and then a lot of people think oh well it's just a simple image and you know we can just throw that together and there's there's so much sort of system, you've got to really be a system thinker in order to really synergize all the concepts into one image. That's something that is not, you know, it's not something you just sort of pick up overnight. Do you think that's something that that is particular to creative thinkers? Or do you think there's something that, you know, it's sort of creative and strategic at the same time? I do think it's both. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's kind of, there's some reverse engineering
2: happening, you know, like what, what do we need people to understand about this? Cause I think there's a lot of creativity, but there's also creative thinkers that don't have that strategy. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a combination of both, especially when you're trying to get something across in a really clear way, because we know there are, I mean, in art, there are things that can be interpreted in many different ways. One painting, the artist might have, you know, a feeling that he's trying to portray but 10 different people will see it and have 10 different emotional responses, and they'll have a different story in their mind. And so what we're trying to do is to make it, this is this is what we're trying to convey so that there is no you know, room for misunderstanding. And I think when it comes to marketing and explaining something that you do, the most important thing is to not lose people. It's to get them to go, oh, okay, I get it.
1: So true. And I think even more so now because the attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and the delivery mechanisms really in most cases are optimized for 20 seconds or maybe even 30 seconds if you're lucky, if it's something mm-hmm. really you know, captivating. But 20 seconds is about all you have to deliver a clear enough story and to sort of incite curiosity where people want to get more. Exactly. That's
2: exactly right. It's it's that they're either enlisted or not. You've gotten them to where they want to keep watching. You know, people will always ask that. How we only have this this much time to get, you know, to get people's attention and they think they have to condense it within that 20 seconds and it's like don't misunderstand, it's that 20 seconds, it's that short period of time to get them to want to learn more. It's not that that's all you have to get them to learn everything.
1: It's so true and if you try to do everything in 20 seconds it's just confusing. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> So, whoa, I just got bombarded with a lot of information. I'm not quite sure of the point. <laughs> exactly. So what are some of your favorite sort of tips and tricks around sort of using drawing? I mean, one of them obviously is, sort of, as you just mentioned, sort of keeping it super simple and just doing that attention-based thing. What are some of the, th- the tools that you use? Well, first, I am not an, an
2: artist myself. So we have a team of artists. My mm-hmm. skills are in Copy and a lot of most of what I do now is marketing and copy for our business. But I, in terms of coming up with the right types of things to draw, or it's really, there is like a whole science behind it. We actually had our team work with a neuroscientist to talk about certain things, like images that come up when talking about certain topics. And it's, I wish I had like a, a tip or a trick. Because that's not where my skill set lies. My skill set lies in the actual writing of the copy. It's the artists that amaze me. And it's hard to find that type of an artist who can take it and make it so clear, who actually has like a marketing hat on, who's like, okay, I get what we need to, to convey. So it's really first saying, how could somebody misunderstand this? So if I were to say a tip, it would be the same one that I use for when I'm writing copy. How could somebody mistake this for something else? Because our whole goal is to make it so that they cannot misunderstand it, that they're just like, this is so clear. I actually know how this entire device works, or I know how, you know, what's happening with this virus. You know, I, I can see exactly what's going on inside the body. That's our goal to make it just so crystal clear.
1: Well, don't so sell how- yourself short. I mean, I do think that there is so much there, you know, copy is an art form in itself. And right. it's that capturing that one word it's kind of like playing one of those you know charades games variations where you're throwing one word out and you're trying to get people to guess an entire concept from one word it's the same thing with that one image what is it that makes everybody think of you know the you know a particular movie or a particular experience or coronavirus for that matter what right. is it that that one thing i mean if right now if you show people a picture of toilet paper they think you know shelter in place or COVID. <laughs> I mean, that's, and it's totally unrelated, but we get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, so now I think maybe that's a good test. We should make people play charades or something like that. And, or what's that game? Pictionary. Yeah. yeah. To see if they can, <laughs> totally. how fast are you at Pictionary, right?
2: Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, things that artists are drawing it, like it might not have anything to do you know it might not look exactly like what they're talking about but it's it's something else that gives you a better picture of it and i'm trying to think of a really good example because we've done a lot in the medical industry and in biotechnology i mean there's ways that we're having to describe certain things and it's like you know what here's a better way to d- describe it it's kind of like it reminds me of when i was a kid and your parents would say, oh, you got a cut on your knee. We're going to put some Bactine or whatever, you know, some type of hydrogen peroxide, whatever it was. We're going to put this on there. Why? Why do you have to do that? Why does it burn? And I remember my parents explaining, it's kind of like Pac-Man. There's a bunch of little Pac-Mans in there and they're just eating all of the little germs up. And that's the tingly feeling. It's like coming up with something like that, that makes you go, oh, I get what's happening instead of actually drawing out the actual you know here here's the little cells and this is what's happening with this bacteria sometimes it's like oh when you put it that way i totally get it and understand
1: oh absolutely it's playing with analogies it's playing with all the different sort of it's like but not you know type things right. where it's really tricky and but i think it's so critical for us because there are so many complex you know technology is complex the body is complex the brain is complex mental health are, is complex All of these things are critical things that we need to be having conversations about, but we need to be able to break it down into language or visuals that people understand so that they can actually act on them. Right. That's, I mean, and so you also have this whole side with the backstage business and your podcast there. And that's obviously an auditory way of delivering. Uh, some really critical messages for people in leadership and for understanding business. What are some of the things that you think that you've come across or interviews that you've had with interesting people that have been those really complex processes or or concepts that they may have broken down into really simplistic? And simplistic is the wrong word, but easy to understand what it means. So in terms of, and you're asking in terms of videos,
2: like what well, we've whether taken it's imp-
1: videos or people, sometimes people are just e- able to pull in a story that it's like, oh, I get it. And it, it really has nothing related to it, but it's like an image where you can visualize it based on the way they're telling the story. So it yes, could be either yes. way. Oh my
2: gosh. And I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, on that, cause there, there's so many people that do so many great analogies like that where I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. And now I'm trying to think of some really, really cool ones. Oh goodness, you got me on the spot here. I'm
1: so sorry. I didn't mean to. No, you it's on
2: okay. The spot. <laughs> I'm
1: just like, oh my gosh. I know there's so many good ones, and now they're just all swarming around in my head. What's the What's a really good one? I mean, some of the, sometimes they come across as like children's stories, which I think I've, that's something that's been fascinating to me. I keep on hearing from people during this quarantine time they are like, I'm going to read a children's book. And it's like, where's that coming from? Yeah, and most of them are sort of in this theme of accepting change or sort of following the wind and seeing what's happening and, and sort of recognizing that we're all a part of something bigger. But they all have sort of this, they all seem to have a a similar theme, but it's through a children's story. And to me, that really is really what we were trying to accomplish when we were doing the, the graphic visualization. And I've always really admired people who can do that quite well. I was never amazing at it. I was, uh, you know, I was adept enough at it that, you know, it paid my way through through my doctorate, but it's Mm. definitely not something that I would be famous for.
2: (laughs) You know, there's so many good visualizations. I mean, things that we've come to known as really great stories, like think of three feet from gold, right? You know, there's like this analogy of you're digging, you're working, you're working so hard, and so many people give up right when they were actually just three feet away from getting that gold, from from just digging a little bit more. I think of things like that, especially there's a lot, especially in times like now. I often think of those feelings of challenges where it can be an ugly time. You know what I mean? And it's, I think of when, you know, a caterpillar is going through this like metamorphosis, right? And they're like spinning and spinning and it's kind of like gross looking. (laughs) Uh And then there's this whole shedding. And, but what comes out of it is this beautiful butterfly. And I think of that a lot when people are going through you know a challenging time a tough time i've always loved that visualization because you know something beautiful
1: comes out of it absolutely i mean metamorphosis and that whole process is really it's such an elegant way of describing change because yeah we often forget about that in between stage it's like you go from one thing that's you know that seems to be fine and then there is a struggle there is a, a not so pretty period and then you come out on the other end and we sometimes get caught in that messy part. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it's supposed to feel icky. <laughs> it's supposed to <laughs> you feel know, icky. Even, exactly. even challenges it's part like of the that process. That.
2: Yes, it's totally part of the process. There's so many great things that we use now as a statement, as a you know, because there's a picture in our mind that we can relate to. You know, I think of so many sayings like "a stitch in time saves nine, You know, and you picture you picture that image. And it's just, it's always so amazing how much easier it is for your brain to get something once it has that image. And sometimes you hear something over and over and over again, and then it takes a picture or an image for you to finally go, you know, I've been hearing that for years and years, and I never really understood what it meant until I saw it this way. Now I get it.
1: (laughs) I mean, the same with sort of reverse engineering. You may have heard an expression over and over and over again, and then you experience something that really, you know, puts it to heart, and you're like, oh, that's what they meant by that expression. That's what that image was (laughs) related to. Yes. Sometimes we're just so caught up in our own worlds that we don't feel or experience that. Right. So what I'm curious for you, I mean, as a professional, as as a CEO and founder of a business, what are some of the things that you do in order to really maintain your balance and your ability to thrive, despite the fact that we're living in this crazy digital world, even more so right now. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to find balance? So one thing that I did probably in the last
2: few years was accept that balance is different for everyone and that perhaps it might not totally exist at all, (laughs) you know, a perfect balance. But I I think of more of what a feeling is because I do think that that, you know, at different times in life requires different things from you. It's never just this full balance of I spend this much time with my spouse, this much time with work, this much time with my kids. Sometimes it's different, you know, and in my family, we've got four kids. So sometimes there's one child that needs a bit more attention. And then there's, you know, another one going through something. And then sometimes it's my spouse needs more from me. I think that. Accepting that it's never going to be, you know, just this perfect balance was a big thing, just in terms of feeling that quote unquote balanced feeling inside. But I am, that being said, I am somebody who wants to feel in control and have that feeling of balance. So things that I've done just to feel like, okay, I'm giving these things, the things that are important to me, I'm giving them attention. I am such a big thing on scheduling and blocking out time, even if it's, you know, for my workout, like, you know, workout in the morning, that's untouchable. You know, if it's on my calendar, that's it. Nobody's scheduling a meeting during that time. So I have things like I have my morning routine and I have, you know, every week I'm, I'm putting out what's my schedule going to look like for the week. And what are the main things that I need to accomplish in this week? I love having short-term goals. Like I might have like a really big goal for my business or for myself personally. And then I'll break that down into 90 days and go, okay, how much, this is where I want to be in 90 days with this goal. So for me, it's like, I love that feeling of accomplishment, but I don't like the feeling of feeling overwhelmed. Like, oh shoot, I had this big goal and I didn't reach it. So I like to make things in little small bites, if that makes sense. So I'll have like, you know, today, oh, these are the main things I got done. And that feeling like fuels me and I feel accomplished and it actually inspires me and motivates me to keep going. A little little project
1: um, management of yourself. And I I, I really, I I respect (laughs) and appreciate that. I think we could all use a little bit of that these days because it's so easy to Prioritize others over ourselves, whether yeah. that's self care or whether it's you know just getting stuff done, and it can be overwhelming. So I think you know kudos to you for find, you know, for finding good tools for making that happen you. for you.
2: Whether that's you. I and mean, they're, they're evolving too, you know. Well, I've noticed that be. too. It's like you know sometimes <laughs> oh. you go. My morning routine now is way different than it was last year, but last year it worked for me. But then I needed something else, and now that we're in quarantine, I have something different that's working for us. You know. It's I think that's another thing too, in terms of balance, is knowing that you're always changing, you're always growing, you're always evolving. And that's that's a good thing. It's a really cool thing.
1: Well, and I think that's something that's so key. I mean, that's what we're all about and sort of the evolving digital self, whether that's the evolving self or it's about constantly learning and growing and and adapting and finding ways that we can be more fluid with our lives and with all of the things that we engage with, whether it's technology or whether it's other people and Right now, we're in this space, this sort of unfamiliar place, where most of our interaction with others is through the mediated means of technology. Right. And so to be able to find that balance, I had a, you know, and by balance, I don't necessarily mean like work-life balance. It's more like finding your internal balance, I guess, is, yes. is, is the best way for me to, the best analogy that I can come up with with that. But like yesterday, so I gave my husband a Peloton for Christmas this year. And I've been sort of, you know, joking about it and, and sort of, you know, why, why isn't he using it? And I was like, wait a minute, why am I not using it? And so I hopped on it yesterday. I am not a, you know, I've never really enjoyed those group ride type things, but I was like, okay, we're stranded in the house and I need to get exercise. Yeah. So I jumped on it for a half hour workout and I loved it. And I mean, it was just, it was fun. The social engagement of sort of seeing other people on there and everybody's, you know, just putting in their effort and they were all over the world. Everybody was checking in and riding their bike. And there was something really powerful in that for me in that it felt very much like, okay, I can do this. You know, we may be confined. We may, you know, we may be feeling isolated and yet we're all part of something much bigger. And just in that little effort, it made me feel better both physically and mentally. And, um, so I'm going to do it again. I haven't yet today, but I plan to. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We let, we've had
2: ours. I I got one when they first came out. So I've been a hardcore Peloton fan forever. In fact, I talk about it on my podcast a lot. (laughs) I just love it. And it's so, yeah, but I, I love that. I love that you said that. I think, you know, as we're talking about this, I feel like when you think of balance, it's really just an energy that you're feeling inside of you, you know, and that's what that feeling is. It's, it's like, When you're like, okay, I'm not so overwhelmed. I'm not so this. And it's just, it's a feeling of, ah, things are moving along like they should. And it feels good. And I feel like I'm in flow. And I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves that in order to get that feeling, everything has to be, you know super balanced all the time. <laughs> and, well,
1: and they're trying to it's th- not I that think way. they equate it more to equal rather than flow and I right. think, you know sort of spending the certain amount of time like how much of your day th- is it 30 yeah. 30 30 between yourself your family and your work. I mean it's ridiculous. Th- it doesn't work that way. It's never right. going to be an equal amount for anything and there's going to be give and take but if you're in a state of flow that will give you that sense of what you, uh, you described it perfectly in without even saying anything. It's that state of, ah, <sighs> yeah. It's just yeah. It's that moment where you can breathe and go, ah, oh, okay, I'm I'm here. Like this is good. And and sometimes the, you know there may be chaos all around you, and yet when you can just breathe and say I'm just here and I'm in the moment and I'm getting stuff done and it's okay. Yes. That in itself can feel like. Okay, I'm balanced. That that to me is where balance is. And note that it, you know, it
2: comes from like if you actually think of the word balance, if you think of yourself, you know, walking a tightrope or trying to get your balance, you you see that you teeter totter in different ways and you start to, oh, I'm wobbly here. Whoa, I just totally fell over, you know, that that (laughs) happens. That's all part of it. You know, those things happen and then you go side to side, you go back and forth until you get that, okay, now I'm here. But expect that in it can happen again. That's just life. You know, those things are getting off balance will happen.
1: It's so true. And I'm ready for my next drawing of the tightrope. You just gave me the perfect drawing for something. <laughs> <looking at> that <laughs> nice. Right it's, you don't necessarily have to have the picture in front of you. You can get visual just by yeah. talking about it. But I think that was one of the things that I loved about that work for me was it also helped me listen better. When I was the one doing the visualization, is that it really forced me to listen and process and really synthesize everything that was being said or that I was watching when I was listening to a speaker or when I was trying to put together a visual for some concept for a client. You know, you really have to listen better. And I think we're so used to talking that we don't listen very often. Right. I think as a storyteller for you, you probably, you know, in order to get those stories, you have to listen really hard to your client as to what they're trying to communicate because often they don't, they don't have the clarity themselves. They don't. And that's, what's
2: interesting is, you know, part of, that's an exercise that we take them through, helps them to clarify what, what their message is and what it is that they're trying to communicate. And some people will go through that and say, wow, I thought I was just doing this explainer video on this you know, product or service, I hadn't realized the real meaning behind it, you know, or what it, what the problem that we're really, really solving or what it is that, you know, our actual viewer is thinking about, you know, it's taking them, taking through that whole process. It's so important to really understand what is it that I do? What is the solution that I offer? <laughs>
1: absolutely and and it's that avatar too that we talk about that a lot in in the podcasting world of like knowing who your avatar is it's who knowing who your listener is who are the people that that you're trying to reach and when you're trying to tell a story or to do a visualization or whatever it is you need to know who's going to actually be you know who you're trying to reach and so it's partially listening to the person you know to understand who you know the the message and the clarity of the message but it's also the you know who's receiving it and how are they receiving it and So one of the things that I'm curious about whether you've come across, and I don't know whether you've done a lot of international work, I apologize if I didn't have that part of your background, but one of the things that has been always exciting and interesting for me, because I have a very international background, is that some analogies and some stories just don't translate. And how do you sort of, you know, be careful about communicating something that may be interpreted completely differently when you think you're being super clear? Most cultures know the story of the tortoise and the hare because that's been translated into so many different cultures and communities, but there's you know there's a lot of things that also could have very different meanings in different cultures. Are, have you ever come across any of that in your work and because the internet obviously it reaches the world it doesn't just reach the English speaking market
2: It's so true, yes, and, and you know in our business, we are doing so many things in different languages and that will happen frequently where it's like, okay, this, here's the story, but we have to translate it a different way for this, you know, culture. But like you said, you know, with the tortoise and the hare, there are some things that are just through the visual alone, we can nail what that feeling is or what you're supposed to take away from it.
1: It's a fun exercise to sort of see what does this mean in different cultures? And of course, you know, you're never going to get it 100%, but it's it certainly, it's a fun exercise. And occasionally we get caught up with saying the wrong thing. But I, I, I always joke with my husband who's, you know, he was born Swedish. I was, became Swedish after living there for many years, but I'm American by birth. And so it sort of gives us this beautiful gift to, to be able to say like, okay, this is what I heard when you said that. Is that what you really meant? Which in most couples, they don't have the opportunity to say that they just automatically react. Right? right. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, sometimes it's a cultural thing. Sometimes it can be a gender thing. Sometimes it can be just a, you know, an inside joke, whatever it is. Yes. You know, like Yes. A, you know. when I play Pictionary with my sister, I draw a line and she knows what I'm talking about. So <laughs> no. totally, totally. You know, it, it's funny. Some things are totally are very different. And
2: some things are just this universal, yeah, I get it, you know, like a smile. (laughs) But then there are certain expressions that mean something so, so different (laughs) in another culture.
1: I want to make sure that folks can find you because we haven't really gone very deeply into your work, but I think they get a sense of, you know, the importance of visualization. We have talked about it before in the show. And, and for those of you that have known me long enough to have seen some of my research as well. We did some, I, I did some work on the value of the uh, the visualization in uh, business strategy and did some scientific studies there. It's just a really, it's an amazing tool to use. And if you haven't already in your business, you should be applying more visualization because not everybody is an auditory or, uh, well, not not everybody's an auditory. Not everybody just can read text Everybody, there's so many different learning styles. So it's really important to understand different ways of reaching your audience. So Summer, I want to make sure that folks have a chance to figure out how to, or not to figure out, but a chance to find you. What's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. Come
2: see us at thedrawshop.com. Awesome. It's just the, T-H-E-D-R-A-W-S-H-O-P, thedrawshop.com. And you can also find me. I'm on LinkedIn, Summer Felix Mulder.
1: Awesome. Well, all of that will be in the show notes. We would love to have you reach out to summer and, and see some of her work because it's really phenomenal. I saw them recently and uh, was very impressed with their work. Thank you so much, Summer, for joining us today. Thank and, you so much. Yeah, it was such a treat to have you on, and thank you, digital Selfers, for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review if you haven't already. It helps others find us. And it also helps us know what you like about the show so we can improve it for the future. Anyway, it's been such a pleasure having you on today, and we look forward to next time. Bye-bye for now.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review, and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.